You are welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye or IKEA Christian Center Global. Get set to be at the fire. The word works. All right. Welcome, everybody, to midweek service. Hallelujah. There's a lot to learn today. Now, those of us who are online, I want to implore you, number one, make sure you take out your notes, make sure you're ready to take notes. Then, um, do us a favor. If you're on YouTube, kindly share the stream on Twitter, on Facebook, on WhatsApp, then leave us a note, like like on like the stream and leave comments of things that you may struck you, all right? And um, let us make sure the comment section is interactive, all right? Praise the Lord. Okay, so what we're going to be teaching on today is prayer school part three. Now, the focus of prayer school, the topic for today is the will, the will of God in prayer. Hallelujah. The will of God in prayer. Let's turn our Bible to the book of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 and 14. All right. Can we get the phone? All right. The will of God in prayer. Because last week we were able to look at how that prayer, I think that was the first, um, first, first midweek, we said prayer is laying a hold of what God knows, what God's plan is, and what he has done in his foreknowledge. All right partnering with him to bring it into manifestation. We explained that God does all things before time, then manifests them in time. God does not react. God is proactive. Praise God. God does not react. God is proactive. God proacts. So before the action is seen, God is, has already done it. We can see in Titus chapter 1 that, all right, he had already promised Jesus Christ, all right, before time began, then manifested his plan and his promise in time for us to see. This is very critical and very, very imperative that we understand that about God. God is not a creature of time. God created time, so he precedes time. And because he precedes time, God is the only one that functions in the realm or dimension called foreknowledge. Foreknowledge. He's the one that knows things beforehand and is the only one that functions in the dimension of predestination which means based on what he knows beforehand, glory to God, he has already done certain things or put certain things in place beforehand. Glory to God. All right? You remember when um, Abraham called um, a place Jehovah Jireh, all right? In the valley of the Lord, it shall be seen. All right? What that actually means, Jehovah Jireh, when you look at it, it means it's God who sees a need before it happens and he makes the provision available. That's what Jairah actually means. Praise God. In the valley of the Lord, it shall be seen. So God knew the need of Abraham, all right, and he made a provision beforehand. And that is actually talking about the Abraham story there. He's talking about our salvation. So God knew we need a savior and made provision for a savior beforehand. Praise God. So the giving of Jesus was not a reaction. The grieving of Jesus was proactive. God gave Jesus before the foundation of the world. So let's look at 1 John chapter 5, and verse 14, which is our theme scripture for today. All right, can we read one, two, what does this say? Hallelujah. Can you put on the microphone, please, for her? Amen. And this is the what? And this is the confidence we have. Uh-huh. That if we ask anything, what? According to his will, he what? He hears us. He said, this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So you have something very key mentioned there. It says, according to his will. Many people have misunderstood what prayer is. Prayer is not a means to get God to do what you want. Prayer is not a means to call, make God your houseboy or make God your errand boy. No. Prayer is only effective when it starts with the knowledge of God's will. Now, God's will is not at our disadvantage. God's will is not injurious to us. Glory to God. All right, Jeremiah chapter 29 says, verse 11, it says, What I know the thoughts I have towards you, they are thoughts of what? Good and not of what? 
evil to bring you to what? An expected end. So we must understand, that's why we said in the first uh, series, that prayer is a family affair. Our Father who art in heaven, all right? So that means when we pray, we are addressing God, our Father. It means if he is our Father, we are his sons. So prayer is an activity of father and sons, or sons to father, and father to son. Glory to God. It's a family affair. It is a familial affair. Glory to God. So, it is not something we do to get God to do what we want. No. The context of prayer and praying is God's will. The context of prayer and praying is God's will. Glory to God. All right? Now, let us do a little study on that word, will. Will. The will of God. What does will of God mean? All right? We will see from Scripture today that there is the will of man, there is the will of God, there is the will of the flesh. Glory to God. There is the will of God, there is the will of man, and there is the will of the flesh. So that means it is possible that the will of God can be divergent from the will of a man. And the will of a man can be divergent from the will of God. It is also possible that the will of God and the will of man will align. That the will of man and the will of God will align. Many times when we are talking about the will of God and the will of man being divergent, it doesn't necessarily mean that the what that man wants is bad. It doesn't necessarily mean that what that man wants is evil. For example, Jesus at the garden of Gethsemane, prays to the Father and says, Lord, I says, Father, if it be possible, all right, for this cup to pass from me, let it pass from me. But not my will, but thy will be done. What does that tell you? It means at that particular point in time, the will of Jesus was for him to be able to get the job done without drinking of that cup of suffering. But he submitted his will to the will of God. Are you seeing that? And you find out that because he was at that particular point <coughs> in time, in a place of divergence from God's will, he goes to the place of prayer to align his will with God's will. Are you following this? All right, he goes to the place of prayer to what? Align his will with God's will, submitting his will, his preferences, and desires to the will of God. Showing you that one of the most important things prayer does is that prayer brings you into alignment with God's will. Prayer brings you into alignment with God's will. I think maybe I should add effective praying or New Testament praying or proper praying. Glory to God. Brings you into alignment with God's will. Now, the word will is the Greek word telima. Telima. So, telima, telima, will. Amen. All right? Will. What does telima mean? Telima refers or can be defined as what one wishes or has determined to be done. So, that word will or telima. All right, in the Greek, refers to what one wishes and has determined to be done. What the person has determined to be done. It does not mean he has done it. He wants it to be done. Are you following? All right. Will is talking about what someone wants to be done. This is the person's desire. He wants this thing to be done. It is not done. He wants it to be done. Hallelujah. So... It means if will or the will of God refers to what God wishes to be done or what God has determined to be done, it means the will of God, glory to God, comes from his foreknowledge, hallelujah, and it is predicated on his predestination. What do I mean by that? Or what do we mean by that? So if the will of God is what God wants to be done, and if the will of God is what God has determined to be, gone, to be done, it means the will of God is before time. It means the, before, the will of God is not new to God. It means the will of God has always been what God intended to happen, intended to do from time immemorial. Glory to God. 
So the will of God for a man is not created. The will of God for a man is not invented. Let me say that again. The will of God for a man is not created. The will of God for a man is not what? Invented. The will of God for a man is discovered. The will of God for a man is discovered by the man. The will of God for a man is revealed to that man. The will of God for a man is discovered by the man. And the will of God for, the man, for a man is revealed to the man. Hallelujah. Now, the word will or telema is found in several places in scripture. And I want us to look at a few of it. Now, we're going to read a couple of scriptures. All right? A couple of scriptures so that we can have understanding. And you now find out why it is very important for you to know the will of God. Hallelujah. As you pray and pray the will of God <coughs> into manifestation. God has there are two kinds of the will of God. There is the general will of God. We will come to it. The general will of God is speaking to, all right, what God has proposed for mankind as a whole. The general will of God is referring to what God has proposed for mankind as a whole. For example, when it says, for God so loved the world, that's everybody. So that is general. What God wants for everybody everybody, everybody, then there is the specific will of God, which is what God wants to do in each life or with each life. Just as we have one body, but several members, and every member does not have the same function, so also there are many men and women in humanity, many men and women in the body of Christ, and each person have unique roles. Unique purposes to play, unique purposes, all right, predetermined by God in his master plan. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let us look at and explain, examine that word will. Matthew chapter 6. The book of Matthew, St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 6. Can we read from verse 9 into 10? All right, Pastor Jenny, I'll leave it there for the day. After this manner, therefore pray ye, yes. our Father which art in heaven, yes. hallowed be thy name. Yes. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now notice, it says, thy will be done on earth as it is we are in heaven. What did we say is the will of God, the wish, desire, and what he has determined to be done. Are you following that? What he has determined to be done. So, Jesus said we should pray that the will of God be done on earth. What he has determined to be done, be done on earth as it is we are in heaven. All right? Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Jesus, speaking, all right, of his father, talks about the will of my father. The will of my father. God has a will. God has desires. God has a plan. God has things he has determined to be done. Can we see that? Matthew 7, 21, read. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, yes. Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Yes. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So there is a will of my Father. Glory to God. Matthew 12, 50. All right? Matthew 12 and verse 50. Can we read what does it say? For whatsoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Good. So Jesus says that lineage or connection to him is a function of what? Shared values. What is that shared values? Doing the will of the Father, which is in heaven. All right? Look at Matthew 18, 14. In Matthew 18, 14, Jesus tells us that the will of the Father, which is in heaven, is salvation. Matthew 18, 14, can you read what does it say? Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven yes. that one of these little ones should perish. Yes. Notice, it is not the will of the Father which is in heaven that one of the little ones should perish. Now, my question to you is this. Now, even though it is not the will of the Father which is in heaven that one of the little ones should perish, all right, does that stop the little ones from perishing? No. For John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have what? 
everlasting life. So that means it is those that believe that will not perish. I've heard some people say something like, you know, universalism doctrine, and I, and I get where it is from, because many folks say that if, I think I, I answered that question during soteriology class, remember? All right? That if we all were sinners because of the sin of one man, so every man is also righteous because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Are you following? That the sin of Adam made us sinners. So the righteousness of Jesus made all men, whether they believe on him or and they don't believe on him, he has made them what? Righteous. We, we debunked that during soteriology. And if you did not be, um, follow that soteriology class, go on our Telegram channel and get it. Get it on, um, this thing on, on the Telegram channel. Praise God. I said, praise God. Now look at Matthew chapter 12 and verse 31. We are looking at the will of God. Matthew 12, 31. Can I read what does he say? Matthew 12, 31. Wherefore I say unto you, yes. all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, mm -hmm. but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Okay, I, I think, okay, Matthew 26, 42. Matthew 26, 42. Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is in the garden and he's praying. Let, let, what, does it, what is the content of his words? He went away again the second time yes. and prayed, saying, yes. Oh, my father, yes. if this cup may not pass away from me, except yes. I drink it, thy will be done. He says, Thy will be what? Be done. Thy will be done. Oh, my father, thy will. So God has a will. And, and you can see that in Gethsemane, Jesus goes to pray that the will of the father be done. So what you see in Gethsemane is fellowship that results in participation. What was God's will? That there will be salvation for all men. How was salvation for all men going to be? By the offering of the body of Jesus on the cross. Are you seeing this? Now, Jesus got to know, or he got revelation because he was a man, this is God's will. And he had been preaching, this is the will. I am the fulfillment of the prophet, uh, prophecies of the prophets, and I am the fulfillment of the promise of God to Abraham. And he gets to the place of prayer. His flesh was fighting him, praise God. And he comes there, and right there he's praying. He says, your will be done. And when he says, your will be done, he gets up from the place of prayer, glory to God, and participates in the bringing to pass of the will of God. Are you following what I'm talking about? Because he had to surrender to the soldiers, praise God, and he had to what? Surrender and allow himself to be arrested and allow them to put him on a cross and allow them to nail him, glory to God, and what? Submitted to death. That is participation. Remember what we said about prayer, that prayer starts with inquiry. Then after inquiry, what happens? There is what? Request. After request, there is what? There is revelation. And after revelation, there is what? Participation or fellowship. Praise God. Prayer, the prayer life of Jesus, always led him to know what the will of God was, and he did it. Glory to God. The prayer life of Jesus always culminated in him knowing what the will of God was, and he carried out that will. He did the will of God. Glory to God. Now look at Luke chapter 12, verse 47. Let us read from verse 45. Luke 12 and 45 into 47. Glory to God. What does it say? Can we read? But, and if that servant say in his heart, mm. my Lord delayeth his coming, and yes. shall begin to beat the men's servants and maidens, yes. and to eat and drink and to be drunken, yes. the Lord of the servants will come in a day, when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in, cut him in sunder, mm -hmm. and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will. Notice, that father servant, which knew his Lord's word, will, uh-huh, and prepared not himself. And prepared not himself. Uh -huh. Neither did according to his will uh -huh. shall be beaten with many Now, strength. notice something. He says he knew the will, but did nothing about it. He knew the will, but did not participate. Are you following that? Come on, are you following that? So there is that place of participation in prayer. Or following prayer. Or following the revelation of God in prayer. Glory to God. Let's continue. John chapter 1 and verse 13. 
which were born not blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So you can see three categories of will. Glory to God. You have the flesh or the will of man. So you have the will are born of the flesh, right? Nor of the will of man, nor of what? But of the will of what? But of God. So you have the will of God, then you have the will of man. Sorry, just two. Flesh there, man there is a tautology. Glory to God. Two. The will of man, then the will of God. Hallelujah. The will of man and the will of God. We cannot call the will of man the will of God. And we cannot call the will of God the will of man. It is in the place of prayer that there is a clear separation between what we want and what God wants. Hallelujah. Because it's in the place of prayer the flesh will give way. It's in the place of prayer our selfishness gives way to God's plan. It's in the place of prayer that our comfort and, you know, and desires for, you know, um, things of this world gives way to God's plan. Prayer not only reveals God's plan, but strengthens us to carry it out. Prayer not only reveals God's plan, but strengthens us to carry it out. That's why I always tell you something. A man of prayer can go wrong, but will not stay wrong. The reason why he will not stay wrong is that in that place of praying, he will keep getting light, revelation, and clarity as to what to do, and the strength to do it will keep being pumped into him, such that he will autocorrect. He will autocorrect. So when the devil wants to attack a man, he attacks his prayer life. When the devil wants to attack a man, he attacks his prayer life. Can we check that missile is correct, working and let's monitor the platform to ensure we are able to give proper feedback. Some people pay attention and never get carried away. John chapter 4 and verse 34. John 4 and 34. What does it say? Jesus saith unto them, yes. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Notice, it says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. The believer must be will of God oriented. The believer must have a context called the will of God. That context called the will of God must be the inspiration for prayer. We must have the approach of what God does not want me to want, I will not want it. What God does not, where God does not want me to be, I will not be there. And what does God not have me to have, I will not have it. That mindset is important. He had given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Notice, he didn't say he had given unto us all things. <laughs> he said he had given unto us all things that pertain to what? To Zoe and Uzebiah, godly living. So that means the things he has given unto us is to aid our work in godliness. It is to aid our spirituality. Glory to God. So when he says he has given unto us all things freely to enjoy, it has a context. Glory to God. Did he give you another man's wife to enjoy? No. Amen. Did he give you cocaine to enjoy? No. Which means all things has a what? Context. All things is not everything. It has a context. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, look at John chapter 5, verse 30. Let's just follow it quickly. John 5, 30. The will of the Father that sent me. The will of the Father. There's something we must not get. We must never forget when we are talking about the will of God. The will of God is the will of the Father. So that means the Father, hallelujah, or our Father, has a will for us. So if it is our Father, glory to God, that tender loving Father that gave Jesus for our salvation, it therefore means that his will for us cannot be wicked. He, the will, for, uh, will of God for us cannot be grievous because he is our Father. God is not just God creator. He is God our Father. Our Father. Father, which means he is very, very concerned, obsessed, caring, in love with us. We are his offsprings. We are always on his mind. 
So we must never get to that point where we are anti the wheel or running away from the wheel, scared to do the wheel because we think that God's will is grievous. It is not. It is carnality that makes us think it is grievous. Now look at this for a moment. Jesus was to die on the cross. What was the alternative to dying on the cross? Tell me, what exactly was the alternative? If he did not die, would we have salvation? No. If we did not, if Jesus did not die, would he have been raised from the dead? No. He has to die first for a resurrection to happen. If he, if he did not die, would there be people called born again? No. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Uh-huh. So that means the will of God is the only alternative there is. The will of God is the only option we have. All right? Now look at John 6, 39, 40. I just want you to know, the will of God is absolute. The will of God doesn't change. The will of God does not change with times, seasons, and situations. The will of God does not change with the economic situation of the country. It doesn't change what's going on. No, the will of God is the will of God. It's constant. It, it is fixed before time began. Hallelujah. That's why Bible doctrine cannot change. Just as the will of God cannot change. Are you following what I'm saying? What God said yesterday is the same thing he's saying today, is one saying tomorrow. As regards doctrine, it's scripture. Scripture is scripture. God does not change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. He doesn't change. So what he said, he will always say. What he said yesterday is what he's saying today, and what he will say tomorrow. Hallelujah. God does not change or adjust with the trend. He's God. Glory to God. God is not trendy. God is God. God does not keep with the times. He came before the times. He's eternal, immortal, invincible, the only wise God. Hallelujah. Some people say, ah, no, your Bible needs an update. Homosexuality is cool. Well, God says no. Hallelujah. You can't blackmail him to say yes. You can't run peer campaigns to say yes. Hallelujah. The Bible says marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. You can't say no, but God, I, I have a suggestion. Cohabitation is cool. We should discover each other's bodies, then decide whether we should marry. You can't make God, you can't make God change his mind. He is creator, which means he created you. The creator tells the creature or the created his plans. The creature does not have an option in it. It's like um, an iPhone saying, you see, I'm tired of making calls. I'm tired of, you know, doing your Twitter for you. I want to be the person that you drink a hot cup of tea from. Now, Imagine if that iPhone said, yeah, I'm going to do what I want to do. I want you to drink tea from me. Then you go and take a hot cup of tea and you pour it on the iPhone. What happens to the iPhone? It gets damaged. Why? It gets damaged because drinking tea off of it is not the purpose of the iPhone. In that same way, we hinder ourselves when we carry ourselves to do things God didn't create us to do. Praise God. It's the reason why when we sin, we have a grief within us. Do you know why the grief is there? The grief is there telling us, this is not what your body was created for. This is not the reason for the indwelling. This is not why Jesus died for you. Jesus did not die for you, for you to be doing this. So there's a grief in your spirit. There's a grief within you. Your body reacts that, no, this is not what you understand. Why? Fulfillment and satisfaction comes when you are doing what you were purposed to do, doing what you were created to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let us check some more scriptures. Are you learning something here? I said, are you learning something here? Now, John 6 and 39 and 40. The will of God is eternal security. 
You understand? So it's his plan. This is his will. What he has determined to be done. What his plan is. John 6, 39 and 40. And this is the Father's will, yes. which has sent me, that all which he had given me, I should lose nothing, uh-huh. but should raise it up again at the last day. Now, I want you to notice something. He says, this is the Father's will, that all he has given me, I should lose nothing. How many of you can see the participation there? Father's will, I should lose nothing. Father's will, given me, I should Lose what? Nothing. You see that? Are you seeing that? So you see participation as the final result of prayer. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Now, the will of God is important. I'll just read some other scripture. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Telema is there. Romans 1.10, the will of God. 2 Corinthians 1.1, it talks about the will of God. Making Paul apostle, a, uh, Second Corinthians eight five. You have another place where the will of God is mentioned. Galatians chapter one verse four. Can we read Galatians chapter one verse four? Galatians chapter number one and verse four. Okay, what does who, it say? Who gave himself for our sins, yes. that he might deliver us from this present evil world, yes. according to the will of God and our Father. Now notice that so salvation is the will of God. Hallelujah. So that means. When people before Jesus came prayed, their praying in accordance with the will of God was prayer that involved, glory to God, the manifestation of God's plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. Are you following? So when somebody came and prayed, and prayed in such a way that aligned with God's plan for salvation, there was a manifestation. Shall I give you an example? Shall I give you an example? Okay. In the book of 2 Samuel, just a second time, no. First Samuel chapter one. There was a woman there. Her name was Anna. Anna was barren. Okay, Anna was barren. She didn't have a kid. Then she had a, 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 a rival. Her name was Penina. Penina was the other wife. Praise the Lord. Penina was the other wife. And that one, you know, uh, had like um, a couple of kids. Anna wanted to have a kid for her husband, so she goes to God in prayer, and she said. Lord, if you give me a son, I will loan him back to you. Are you following? She had been going for uh, the, the feasts every year, praying, never got the result. But when she goes and says, I will lend this boy back to you if you give it to me, give him to me, boom, there was a manifestation. Why was it key? Because at that particular moment in time, God was looking for somebody to replace Eli. Praise the Lord. God was looking for someone to replace Eli because it was key that Israel was going to have a king. Let me explain something. God had already spoken through Jacob that Israel will have a king. The scepter shall not depart out of Judah, neither a lawgiver from within his what? His what? His knees until Shiloh comes. So that means the kingship was given to what? To Judah. But the reason why Judah, praise God, could not get the kingship, all right, was because if you check the lineage of Judah, Judah aspired a bastard, all right? He raised Perez from Tamar, and Tamar was not his wife. And according to the law of Moses, a bastard shall not enter into the congregation until the 10th generation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So they had to wait. So that's why they waited and had judges instead of kings. And when the children of Israel asked for a king, before it was time, God gave them Saul for a period until it was David's time. Because David was the 10th generation from Perez. Hallelujah. Why was David key? Well, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, was going to come from where? David. <coughs> and God needed a prophet who had a vital relationship, who could hear, glory to God, and who could see, and who will obey God, glory to God, to be the one that we point David out. And he was looking for that prophet. There was no womb available that he could what? Require it because the women will keep the babies down. They will not give the baby away. 
Auntie Anna. Anna prays and says, if you give him to me, I'll give him to you. So she prayed in accordance to what? The will of what? Of God. Praise God. There is tremendous power made available when we align with God's will in prayer than go with our will to pray. Through praying is discovering where God is going and say, let's go together, Lord. I'm going. I'm going with you. That's through praying. Now, <laughs> let me now explain the power of praying in the Spirit. Glory to God. The power, can we have more sound on YouTube? The power of praying in the Spirit is key. You see, the potency in praying in tongues is that the limitation of knowing the will of God at that time, glory to God, all right, that limitation is taken away. Because the issue, because when you want to pray, remember we said, all right, the will of God is key in prayer. And we said there are two kinds of will of God. There is the general, amen, and there is the word, the specific. The general will of God you can get from scriptures. We know what that is. Oh, you don't need to pray to know whether you should go and preach the gospel. The will of God is that we what? Preach the gospel. It's there. You don't need to pray, all right, to know whether or not you should manifest spiritual gifts. The will of God is that we what? Manifest. Paul said, I would that ye all speak in tongues. But rather that ye may what? Prophesy. So it is the general will of God for all to speak in tongues and all to prophesy. Are you following what I'm saying? But when we now talk about the specific will of God, for example, Apostle Paul was on his way to Jerusalem. On his way to Jerusalem, everybody was prophesying that if you go to Jerusalem, you will be what? Arrested. If you go to Jerusalem, you will be what? Arrested. That was the prophecy. Glory to God. Yet, Paul set up his mind to go to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Why? Because Paul knew that it was the will of God for him to go toward. How did he know? Because Jesus had appeared to him and told him, for, all right, that you are going to stand, amen, before Caesar. I make my name known there. So he was set on going there because he had already gotten what and known what the will of God is. Now, the other people prophesying, telling him not to go, they had a limitation. What was their limitation? They did not know. Are you following what I'm saying here? So you see, because those other guys would have been praying for protection of Paul that they should not arrest him in Jerusalem. Whereas the will of God was that what? They should arrest him. That limitation of knowledge is what praying in the spirit solves. Romans chapter 8. I wanted to take, take that next few, but let's just do it. That's what praying in the spirit solves. Because the will of God <laughs> is, you know, the specific will of God for an individual is spiritually designed. What did I say? The specific will of God for an individual is what? Spiritually designed. I'm telling you, it is spiritually designed. What you call good from your mind and your logic, when you design spiritually, is actually evil. Can be actually evil. Glory to God. It can be the will of God for a man to stay in UK and not go to Burundi. But it can now be the will of God for another man not to stay in UK and go where? Go to Burundi. How will either man know what the will is? The spirit. Glory to God. What did I say? Who? The spirit. It's the spirit. It's by the spirit we now know. This is the will of God for me. This is the will of God for me this time. And this is the will of God for me as per location. 
Glory to God. Look at Romans chapter 8. Verse 26. Can we read? What does he say? Likewise, Likewise uh -huh. the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. He calls it what? Infirmities. What infirmities is he talking about? Look at it. For we know not what we should what? Oh. Are you seeing that? As we what? Oh. So that means the infirmities is a lack of knowledge of what we should pray for. That is the infirmity. That is what we lack in our humanity. But look at what it says. But the what? The spirit. spirit. So the spirit is the gap. Is the one that all right, fills that gap. The Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? All right? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the missing link. So when a man wants to bypass the what? Limitation of knowledge. In prayer, he goes praying in the spirit. Now, you can pray in your understanding as regards the general will of God because the general will of God is in the scriptures. Which means, for example, we can pray that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We can pray the word. We can pray that the eyes of the understanding be what be enlightened. We can pray, all right, that the hold of the devil causing them to be blind to the gospel be broken. We can pray that because it is in the scriptures. Hallelujah. We can pray for our pastors and say that they may be delivered from what? Wicked and unreasonable men. For all men have not faith. Because it is where? In the scriptures. Glory to God. I said glory to God. But how do you pray for a minister of the gospel that you do not know? That is currently needing help and is in danger in maybe Afghanistan. Or a church that is about to be killed by Islamic uh, extremists, all right, in, say, Uganda. You know you are supposed to be praying. How do you know what you should pray at that time? The Spirit. Are you following? What did I say? What did I say? The Spirit. The Spirit. The Spirit is the missing link. It's the one that ensures that that gap is bridged. Okay? I said, okay? All right? It's one that ensures that that gap is bridged. So you can see that the Spirit told Paul he was to go to Jerusalem. And Paul said, I am not only ready to die, to go and testify. He said, I'm ready to what? To die. Because he was shown. Hallelujah. I said, it's what he was shown. Now, let me show you something that is very important with walking in God, with God. There are times when God is going to show you something. He will show you his plan that in your mentality, it does not look beautiful. Are you following? It does not look beautiful, but the end of it is glory. Are you following what I'm saying? The end of it is what? Is what? Now, you see, you know, in the prosperity gospel, everything is always like the American dream. All right, we always want to look at the um, uh, 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 I like the will of God and the plan of God. Being we end up in a private jet, we marry the rich man, we marry the rich woman. You understand? That's how we ended up in UK, Canada. Everything. Listen to me. You can be in UK and be living in a mansion and be outside of God's will. You can be in UK and be inside of God's will. You can be in Nigeria and be outside of God's will. Whether or not you are not you are in or out of God's will is not a function of what men God good or bad. It is a function of the spirit. It is spiritually discerned. Glory to God. Now you know that where you should be location-wise, you cannot get that from the general will of God, because there is nowhere in the scripture that says you should not migrate. Or go to here. You know, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So that means everywhere on the earth, human beings should be there. Amen. Glory to God. All right. In the general will of God, we are not told that there is somebody we should marry. 
that the person's name is A. You will see the person's name in the Bible. I remember there was a time someone wanted to know who he should marry, and he wanted to find out in the Bible. So, he, 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 you know, he was reading the book of Ruth, and he just said, that word Ruth, that word Ruth is eating my spirit. So he now began to feel, he began to feel like the person he was going to marry was going to be a Ruth. You see, that is the fast way to enter, 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 enter into problems. In the general will of God, the Bible gives us a criteria and characteristics of the kind of person we should marry. But it doesn't tell us who. That who is discerned by what? The Spirit. So you will look at the character. Because you could have 10 women that have that character, or 10 guys that have good character. Not every man with good character is your husband. Not every woman with a good character is your wife. Amen. Yeah, amen. So you need to understand this. There is the will of God. There is the plan of God. And we design the will and the plan of God in prayer. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? We design the will and the plan of God in prayer. And by prayer, glory to God, we work with God to bring it to pass. Now, someone may say, when you say prayer is giving permission to God to do something on the earth, what do you mean by giving permission to God? Who is man to give permission to God? Listen, what we are saying is this. That praying, all right, brings man into partnership with the Lord to bring it to pass. There is nothing that happened on this earth without the partnership, or nothing of God that happened on the earth without the partnership of God and men. That's how God wants it to be. He could have had it another way, but the creator designed it that way. Amen. Our salvation was the work of God and man. Glory to God. He said, but Jesus was God. Yes, Jesus is God. Yes, but you see, on earth, he was man too. In fast, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, he says, There is one mediator between God and man, even himself, man, Jesus Christ. Otan. In Epistuzo, he says, Even himself, what? Man. So in heaven, Jesus is a man, and Jesus is God. Are you following? Come on, are you following? He said, What do you mean? What do you mean? Listen, if Jesus is not man in heaven, I am finished. You are finished. The Bible says, We have an high priest who has entered into the heavenlies. Is high priest a God? No. High priest is man that represents men to God. So if he's a high priest now, it means he's a man. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He's a man. But he's also God. Because the Bible says, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead what? Bodily. So Jesus is man fully indwelt by God. In his body, man. The content, God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So if you deal with Jesus by his body alone, you are going to miss it. He says, therefore, we, know, we don't know Christ after the flesh. We used to know him after the flesh. Now know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creation. We don't know the man too after the flesh. He's new. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's a different kind of man. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So the will of God is key in prayer. The will of God is key in prayer. In prayer, we are to partner with God to bring things to manifestation. Glory to God. We are to partner with God to bring things in manifestation. God's plan are eternal. God's plan are before time began. Man's role is to discover the plan, praise the Lord, get clarity concerning the plan, and participate in the fulfillment. Man's role is to discover the plan, get clarity as regards the plan, and participate in the fulfillment of the plan. Let me say that one more time. Man's role is to discover the plan, get clarity as regards the plan, and participate in the fulfillment of the plan. That's our role. That's our role. How are you going to be able to discern God's will for you? Very simple. You have the capacity to know what God wants you to do. Because the Bible makes us understand that you were born of the will of God. 
being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that liveth and what? Abideth forever. In John chapter 1, verse uh, 14, he says, Not born of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So you were born of the will of God, the plan, the for the, the foreknowledge, the plan of God that was in existence in his foreknowledge, hallelujah, all right, is what gave birth to you. So you are not an apple stand. You didn't come by an accident. You are not a reaction. You were all God always wants, all right, you to be in Christ. So you have the capacity to know God's plan. You have the capacity to know his will. Bible says, uh, uh, um, the Spirit Himself, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what the sons of God. In First Corinthians chapter two, all right, verse twelve, it says, "Now we have received the Spirit, not of this world, but the Spirit of God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us from God." So that means because we are born again and we are born of the Spirit of God, we have the capacity by the Spirit within to discern the times and seasons of our life. We have the capacity to discern the times and the seasons of our life. So when we go to the place of prayer, hallelujah, and as we are praying in the spirit, we begin to pick signals from God. This is what I want to do. Glory to God. Now, from the place of the general will, we have prayer points. The prayer points come from the scriptures. Amen. Amen. Now, when we go to with the prayer points, then we now also pray in the spirit. We will now get from there into what? The specific. Paul knew from the general will, from the scriptures, that we are to preach the gospel. Is that correct? Is that correct? Yet, the Bible makes us understand that at the time Paul wanted to enter into a place called Bithynia to preach, and the spirit of God said, don't enter there. Are you seeing that? You understand? Uh-huh. So, in the place of prayer, discerning the will of God is important. Discerning the will of God is important. Alright? God is not going to answer prayer that is not in accordance with His will. Now, we need to now answer certain questions. Is God's will for me to be healthy? Is God's will for me to have all that I need? It is very clear from Scripture that the general will of God is for God is for, of God is that He wants all men saved. He wants all men provided for. Amen. He wants all men healed. It's His will. Glory to God. It is His will. If you look at the Old Testament, the Bible makes us understand that there was a plan in the law of Moses for the poor. For the stranger, amen, and for the orphans, those that had were to take care of those that didn't. Showing you that in God's plan and in God's will, nobody is supposed to sleep hungry. Are you following what I'm saying? The Bible talks about Jesus. He comes in Acts 10, he says, Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing what? All that was what? Oppressed of his devil, for God was with him. So that means it is the will of God for the oppressed to be freed. Is it the will of God for the sick to be what? To be healed. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, Amen. Amen. What is the will of God concerning hunger? Jesus was having a meeting. All right? And there were 5,000 men present. All right? Historians estimate in such meetings where you have 5,000 men, you would have had, say, double of that in women and children. Glory to God. So probably there were 15,000 there. And they have been listening to the word for a while. And they were hungry. What was the response of Jesus to hunger? He provided food. The children of Israel, three million people, went in through the wilderness. All right? What did God do? Rather than have hunger, the people hungry, he rained manna every day for how many years? Forty years. The response of God to lack, the will of God, all right, concerning lack, and the will of God concerning poverty is provision. Glory to God. So you don't need to pray in the spirit to discover whether God wants to provide for you or not. The will of God concerning those things is I want to. Hallelujah. Remember that man, that man, or that, that the leper, all right, that went to Jesus and said, if thou be willing, cleanse us of leprosy. 
What did Jesus say? I will. What did he say? I will. So we must never be unclear as to what God's will is, is about sickness, about what God's will is about lack, about what God's will is about hunger, about what God's, God's will is concerning poverty. No, his will is to provide. His will is to heal. His will is to deliver the oppressed. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So, because we know what his will is in settings of collusion, what do we do? We partner with him to bring it toward manifestation. So, when we see the sick, what do we do with the sick? We what? Pray for the sick. When we see the person that lacks, uh, 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 who is hungry and all, we provide. If it is us, we go to God in prayer and say, this thing must change. We don't go and ask him, is he a will for me to get provision? We know what his will is. All right, because that general will is. And let me also state this: it is God's will for every woman and child and man and everyone in this world to have what they need, to be self-sufficient. It is not God's will for one person to have too much to eat and is wasting it, and another sleeps hungry. That is not His will. We see it in the revealed general will of God for everybody. Glory to God. So, listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that will change your prayer life. Let us move from asking God to put food on our table and move to bringing into manifestation that general will of God for all humanity, which is, instead of asking God to put food on my table, I should be asking God, Lord, how can we put food on everybody's table? Are you following what I'm saying? Rather than asking God for your healing, Lord, how can we get everybody healed? Praise God. Because when God is going to use a man, he plugs him into the bigger picture. Glory to God. When God is going to use a man, it takes him from seeing what can be done for him to seeing what he can do for every other person. Hallelujah. So, I will end by telling you this. If your prayer life is going to be totally and completely revolutionized, it must move from being you-centric to the will of God-centric. It must be moved from being about you to being about God's plan for the collective. Hallelujah. If you want to pray longer and have a fervent prayer life, move from praying about your needs alone and move to praying about people. And because you do not know what you should pray for as you ought, spend a lot of time praying in the spirit over people. Now, your flesh will not be excited about you praying for people. That is the more reason why you should do it. Glory to God. For example, you are believing God for a child. Start praying to God. All right, and say, Father, I pray for every married couple everywhere, believing you for a child. I declare they receive their children in the name of Jesus. I pray for them. I, you understand that? When you start doing that, you begin to enter the realms of prayer. You never, you understand? You start praying longer. Glory to God. If you are consistent, you now begin to find out that revelations deep will begin to flow concerning that ministry you are doing in prayer. Glory to God. Prayer is effective when it is centered, centered around God's will. Glory to God. Amen. Prayer is effective when it's centered around God's will. You know one thing? I've found that a lot of times people want to use God to get what they want. And a lot of times the praying culture or the prayer culture we've had, all right, in many parts of the world, have been that. And God is merciful. You understand? God is what? 
He's merciful. But that kind of praying does not change the person, person that is praying. The kind of praying that changes the person that is praying is prayer that is unselfish. Prayer and praying that causes the person praying to grow in love, where it is not about themselves, but about God's plan. The more it is about God's plan, you will find that there will be a molding happening in that person. There will be a breaking or brokenness happening in that person. And you now find that God will find a ready and more effective and useful partner in that person. But when it's about you and what you want and how you want things to be easier for you and how you want things to be better for you and how it's about you having a fly life so you can oppress people on Instagram, if that kind of praying will never change you. It will never change you. It's baby praying. And baby praying does not birth mature Christians. And mature Christians are the only ones that can change the world. Only sons can change the world. Babies, no. Babies will always cry and cry and cry and mess the whole place up. Only sons can change the world. I hope you have learned something today. I said, I hope you have learned something today. All right. So listen. What have we found out? There is the will of God. There is such a thing as the will of God. Then there is the general will of God. God's plan for all of mankind. We see that in the scriptures. Glory to God. Then there is a specific will of God for individuals that has to do with their purpose in God's plan. That one is spiritually discerned. So you spiritually know what you're supposed to do, where you ought to be. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right? So for example, don't also divulge your Walking in accordance with the will of God generally. For example, the will of God says you should preach the gospel, you preach it. The will of God says pray for all men, all right? Pray for those who are in authority, you are doing that, all right? The level and the degree to which you walk in the revealed will of God in Scripture will actually influence how susceptible you would be to the leading of God's Spirit concerning the specifics of your life. Growing with God starts with obedience to the known before we now begin to migrate towards the what? Unknown. So when you're talking about, ah, what is it? What, you know, oh God, show me what I'm to do. The one he has shown in the book, have you done it? How well you treat the known will determine how deep you will go in the unknown. The foundation for the revelation of the unknown will of God for your, for your life is based on your grasp of what is already known. For if you are going to obey what is known, then God knows that when the revelation of the unknown comes, you would obey it. Notice the life of Paul. When God revealed how he was to die and the route to it, he obeyed. But he started out by obedience to what? What was known? The gospel. Glory to God. The gospel. So start there. You see, when we are talking about kingdom praying, effective praying, we cannot divulge it and separate it from knowledge of the word and obedience to the word. We can't. It's all connected. It's all connected. You cannot separate your prayer life from your word life. You cannot separate your word life from your prayer life. You cannot separate prayer from working in the spirit. It's all linked. Hallelujah. All right. If you have learned something today, all right, those of you online, let us know. You can go on uh, Twitter, share what you have learned, use the hashtag OKRCCMega. Now, the reason why we do the Twitter engagement is to publicize the word, to publicize the gospel. You will agree with me, there's a lot of rubbish on social media, on blogosphere. All right, it is important that we sanitize it by putting the word of God out. Do not be ashamed or shrink back or slow down, all right, when it comes to publicly taking a stand with the preaching of the word. Carry the gospel on your head. Carry it on your head. Carry it on your shoulder. Carry it on your back. Carry it on your stomach. Carry it on your leg. Carry it everywhere. 
carry it on your head. You make it the song. I will carry it on my head. Oh, carry it on my head. Oh, carry it on my head. Oh, my glorious Lord, I don't know that's what I will say there. All right. So do that. Very, very important. Glory to God. All right. It can be a source of blessing to somebody. Amen. 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 All right. Workers, remember, we are putting our notes on the workers group. And members of Oikea, put your notes on the general group. I would like to see them. I want to make sure that you, you, know, you followed the teaching. Okay? There is a general will of God, the specific will of God. The general will of God is known by study. What is written in the scripture? The specific will of God for you. What you're supposed to do in the times and seasons of your life is spiritually designed. And you are to pray the will of God into manifestation. Prayer is also a means of discovering the will of God, the personal, the specific. Because it is in the place of prayer that it will be revealed. Acts of Apostles chapter 13, verse 1. The Bible says, and there were certain prophets and teachers in the, city of, in the church at Antioch. And while they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. So it was while they were praying, the will of God was revealed throughout the prayer. So prayer is a means for you to discern the will of God by the Spirit. And it's also a means to take strength to carry it out by the same Spirit. Praise the Lord. Can we lift up our hands and just begin to bless the name of the Lord and just thank Him. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. We bless your name. We bless your name. Manta kalabadia. Ripokumbrahane. Rakatalabababakosipridi. Ah, sahaha. Ha, sataka. E sukoto. E sakata. Elekoshia. Elekoshia. Elekoshaya. Eke bakababo sibra anda kabako sekata kabapa kunta kababa kada kadarian. Arabaka sakata kabapa kata kada kabako tokolia. La kata kabaka da kada 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 kada. Akata kababako sitilibori. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more messages, kindly search for our Telegram channel using the link t.me slash oikia cc. God has blessed you.